Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Milkman Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Derek DeRuder. You guys know me as Red. Tonight, as always, I'm joined as Casey. I tend to call him Pickle Boy at times. It's kind of a joke we had growing up. But uh, Casey, Pickle Boy, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. It's actually been a while since someone called me that. And just to clarify. It was last year on the podcast. Yeah, probably. Just to clarify, that's not a dick joke. It just has to do with a t-shirt that I wore one time when I was in eighth grade. So, What did the t-shirt say? You can't leave us hanging. Yeah, it's it's something like you're as cool as a cucumber, and that's when Cody kept saying, "Why do you have a pickle on your shirt?" And I was like, "It's not; it's a cucumber." But people started saying it was a pickle, and every time I'd wear that shirt, people would call me Pickle Boy, and it kind of just stuck. Right on, Pickle Boy. Or tonight, or yeah, it is tonight. We used to use recording these in the afternoon, but yeah, no, tonight we're talking about the Thursday night game and the 10 a.m. games. If you're on the West Coast for us, so. East Coasters is going to be the one o'clock games, but we'll be talking about those. And yeah, uh, how's how's your week two so far or how did your week two go? Not so good. I went two and three, which is not bad. Last week I went three and two. So um, made a couple of trades in a few leagues this week to maybe help balance that out. Some of those are dynasty leagues. One of them I kind of like halfway in, halfway out in terms of being contender versus rebuilding. Um, cup baller ones are more contending in but um it's still early in the season it's i feel like most of my guys are hitting but sometimes it's not all at the same time so i uh i, I think it'll be all right how'd you do uh <laughs> well last week if uh, when we left off i told you guys I, I watched zero football on sunday i was busy um placing motors you name it i was doing it uh dairy gods did not watch me did not want me to watch football on sunday so I just had the updates on my phone, but I went one and six. I was hoping the dairy gods were going to give me like a bunch of wins. I was working. I was purposely not checking my scores. You know, I got the updates from Sleeper, you know, okay, DJ Moore caught a pass. But uh, for the po- most part, nope, I got a huge middle finger. And I was like, well, that's about how my Sunday is going to wrap up. Put my phone back in my pocket and kept slaving away. Oh, well, I guess you had play catch up with highlights, listening to podcasts, reading articles and stuff that we yeah, all have those definitely. days. Yeah, we all have yeah, those, definitely. those days. So, but I mean, it's like what you're saying. My players are hitting. I mean, two leagues, I played the highest score and I scored like 20, 30 points over the league average. So it's like you said, my players are hitting. It's just playing the wrong guys. Yep. Yep. Part of fantasy football. Um, you want to jump into this Thursday night game? We have the Carolina Panther Panthers, excuse me. The Panthers, they pants the other team. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, They are facing off against the Houston Texans who are missing Tyrod Taylor one on IR probably for just a couple weeks, but we're supposed to see Davis Mills rookie third round pick out of Stanford start this game. What do you think of the Texans right now? I'm not starting anybody except for Brandon Cooks. Davis Mills, a.k.a. General Mills, if you listen to the fantasy footballers, they nicknamed him General Mills. So um, (laughs) it's kind of hard to start a rookie quarterback. I mean, you got a rookie coming in for the Bears this week, too, uh, Justin Fields. And uh, 
I'm just not comfortable starting rookies, especially, you know, it's a primetime game. Carolina's got a really good defense, uh, surprisingly good defense. Actually, I thought their defense was trash, but uh, they've been playing above average this year. So um, Brandon Cooks is the only guy I like from the Texans. Yeah, I think I agree. All these pass catchers get a huge downgrade, but Brandon Cooks has been so good. It's kind of hard to count him out at this point. Um, The running backs, they're all pretty – interchangeable they're using them all over the place so i don't want anything to do with them and on top of that they're playing the panthers who started out as one of their better defenses in the league so far so i'm definitely avoiding any uh houston texans not named brandon cooks this week uh on the flip side we have the panthers who are i mean hey you still seeing a lot of volume for dj moore he had 11 targets last week he's uh off to a good start for the year. McCaffrey's still the same workhorse he's always been. Uh, Robbie Anderson coming off of a slow game. Um, I don't think that that'll be the biggest deal. I, I think that he's got a good matchup this time. He had three catches for 38 yards last week, but played 74% of the snaps. Um, I, I'm playing him in a couple leagues this week. Um, I'm even, I've even got my eye on Terrace Marshall this week because the matchup is so good. So he's someone that um, I'm hoping maybe... I'm scooping him up a week early before everybody else does. If he has a big game, I feel like this might be the game to put him on the map. Yeah, I'll drink to that cup of coffee. That's for sure. Um, DJ Moore, though, he's he's the wide receiver one for me in the in, in this trio of wide receivers. Though he's had 19 targets this year compared to Robbie and Terrence Marshall's nine apiece. Right. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that seems to be getting funneled the ball the most. It seemed like that has been the case for the last couple of years. So. Um, I think that it's just we're seeing it in, in full action now. So, yep, I think that DJ Moore is a solid wide receiver to play with upside to be a wide receiver one. Yep. And Sam Darnold, quarterback one this week or quarterback two? What do you yep. Got? Yeah, yeah, no, I think he's a low in QB one. I think he could actually finish better than that. He'll probably have better counting stats this game than others. Maybe they get ahead a lot and they run the ball. Houston's actually played okay, but Tyrod Taylor being out changes things quite a bit. So I am banking on the, the Panthers across the board having a good day. All right, next game, Washington and Buffalo. Casey, what do you got for the Buffalo side? Uh, Buffalo, they are playing one of the better defenses they'll probably play throughout the year as far as I'm concerned. I don't know where Washington ranks right now defensively, but I, I'm, that front seven is still yep. scary as hell to me. And they still got Landon Collins back there too playing safety. So against the run, this is probably not going to be one of their better games. So maybe Josh Allen steals a goal line touchdown, but maybe doesn't get a lot of rushing yards. I'm still a big fan of Devin Singletary. He got the the the, the most yards and he scored that touchdown. And then Zach Moss kind of came in there and stole a couple away. I don't think that Zach Moss is going to be irrelevant in that backfield. We kind of all knew that this was kind of a 1A, 1B type thing, but I think Singletary is the clear 1A. I maybe would, yeah, I'm playing Singletary as an RB2. Maybe finishes out more like an RB3 flex kind of guy. Moss is more like, I'm not going to say desperation flex, but low-end flex as far as I'm concerned. Um, I do think that this might be a decent spot for the receivers, though. I do think that this game, you know, Josh Allen could be thrown a lot just because they're, uh, Washington is so good against the run. So definitely playing Stefan Diggs. I'd even play Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, PPR leagues. He's a long shot to be super relevant. 
Um, and I don't really want anything to do with the tight ends there in Buffalo, not until we see a little more. And I think we've seen kind of how their offense goes. Dawson Knox will be low in the totem pole. He might have a big game out of the blue here or there, but it's nothing to chase. I'd stay away from that. Cool deal. I like it. I like it. The Washington side, Taylor Haneke. I'm not really sure what I'm doing with him this week. Um, Terry McLaurin, I know I talked about him being quarterback proof, but I don't know if he's matchup proof and he's going to be lining up with Shadavius White. So I'm not saying to downgrade him or bench him or anything crazy. I didn't say to do it last week. I just said the temper expectations. So I'm going to call on that again, temper expectations as he goes against the shutdown corner. Um, he may have a game. He may not have a game. We don't know, but um, I just, I just don't like matchups like that. So um, Logan Thomas may get a little bit of a boost. He could see some more targets, but um, I got Logan Thomas as a streamer this week. So the big question though, Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick, the running back situation. I've been asked this quite a bit and it's what's going on. You know, the first week it looked like it was all Antonio Gibson. And then last week, it was J.D. McKissick in the hurry up and third down duties. So um, I had mentioned that it may have been because it was a short week. They opted to use a little bit more J.D. McKissick. It's a long season. Uh, Washington, before this season started, I thought they were the favorite to win the division. Unless you want to count on Dallas's defense holding it down. I mean, they got a great offense. But for the most part, I thought this was Washington's division. So <clears throat> with that being said... Antonio Gibson has all the talent in the world to, to hold down this role, but they're just using McKissick. It's a long season is what I was getting at. It's a long season. They're going to hold Antonio Gibson back a little bit. Uh, they're going to use J.D. McKissick to spell him a little bit. So, yeah, I think J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson are both usable running back twos this week. Uh, McKissick's more of a flex, but uh, until Gibson gets his workload to himself again or until he can prove that it wasn't a short week or – until we get more clarity is when I'm trying to get at that. This this running back situation is just a running back two and a flex at this point. Yeah, I think people forgot, too, that um, Gibson came in last week with a shoulder injury and still played, but he's still dealing with it this week. So it was probably just a way to, you know, not put him out there too often. McKissick had six targets, which is good for a running back, but it's not some crazy amount. And he did still the, the goal line touchdown, but he only finished with a couple of carries and and he's not really much of a pure runner in the backfield. So I'm still counting on Gibson being more RB1 than RB2 most weeks. But just know that there are going to be some of those games where McKissick comes in and instills some of that passing down work for sure. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game, Chicago and Cleveland. I just talked about Justin Fields and how he's going to be coming in because Andy Dalton is going to be out this week. Uh, I like Justin Fields as a low-end quarterback one this week just because of the floor, his rushing floor. David Montgomery, he's an auto start, especially when you got a running quarterback coming in. Um, the running back efficiency numbers tend to go up, and Montgomery's just one of those running backs that just does not go down. Um, this is going to be a different look on how this offense is going to operate with a running quarterback. Um, so maybe David Montgomery's receptions go down, but he's still going to be a really, really safe low, low end quarter running back one, high end running back two. Uh, Allen Robinson's an auto start. And then Darnell Mooney's the one that I know we we're talking about rostering him, and I know he hasn't been putting a lot of points up for you, but he still has played in 100% of the snaps, and he's the target leader for this team. Yeah, he played a little less. He played 89, but that's still starter oh, snaps, sorry. 89%. Yeah, but he had a better game in week two than he did week one. I still think that he's 
um, worth stashing, and maybe he'll play better with Justin Fields because when Andy Dalton was in the game, I think we talked about this last week, but uh, you threw the game in the partial second game that he played in. He's only thrown one pass more than 15 yards down the field. I didn't say like completed, attempted one pass more than 15 yards down the field. It's not really Mooney's game. So maybe Justin Fields coming in can help him grow in that offense. Robinson's still going to be used the same way he's always been as a number one. I'd really like yep. to see Cole Komet get involved. And Montgomery, I'm, 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 he's an RB1 just about every week. Um, he's not like some... Uh, he's not up there with obviously like McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or Kamara, even those guys have their bad days, but he's in that tier right below them. I do think Justin Fields, he's totally a, a, a wild card for me. He's either going to have a really good game or he's probably going to have a bad game, but I don't really see a whole lot of in between. Um, Cleveland side. So Baker Mayfield, not off to the biggest start for quarterbacks. Um, Chicago does have a good defense. So this is probably the week he's more QB two. Um, he'll have his QB one weeks, but this is probably not one of them. Um, the running back situation is the same as it's always been. You're going to stick with Chubb. You're going to stick with hunt in PPR leagues. He even has value in standard leagues. Um, but Chubb is a plugged in RB one every week. He's, he's like in that tier with Montgomery, but Chubb's more at the top of the tier. Chubb might even be in that next tier, honestly. He's pretty good. He just doesn't get the passing down work that some of these other guys get. Um, I think the big news out of this game, and maybe this helps Baker Mayfield, is that this is supposed to be Odell Beckham's first game back, coming off of that ACL injury from last year. They sat him out for the first two weeks. Um, they are missing Jarvis Landry as well, so if there is somewhere in this offense to target a pass catcher, even though it's his first game back, Odell Beckham probably want to plug him in Hmm, what do you think, Red? Is he a wide receiver two, wide receiver three? I think maybe you put him Where in as he a was three. Being drafted, he was like a lot of wide receiver, a lot of teams, wide receiver two, like late wide receiver two, early wide receiver three. So, yeah, I think you plug uh, that's him in about that where spot. he is this week. Um, but mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, he, I mean, the target leader on this team has only eight targets through two games. So, even if Odell Beckham Jr. is part of this game plan, I don't think he's going to be hyper targeted like we want him to be. Between the other receivers there, Schwartz, Peoples-Jones, and I guess you could include Higgins in there, which one would you rather have? David Njoku and Harrison Bryant, the tight ends. Uh, all right, well, we were going to get to those, so I think this actually would be a better <laughs> game for them. And Njoku does play a more receiving role, and they can line him up as a true receiver if they want to. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's probably the um, not a good idea to try any of these other Browns receivers out just because they're all unknown or just – don't have clear roles lined up. Um, I definitely would be playing Hooper low in tight end one, maybe. Um, he had a decent game last week, five catches for 40 yards. He still hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So maybe this is his week uh, with Jarvis Landry being out. And Joku, I think, is a little more of a dart throw, but he will be a little more involved than he probably uh, was last week. Actually, back-to-back games with 59% of the snaps played. We'll probably see a little more out of him this time. Nice. All right. The next game, the Ravens and Detroit Lions. What can you tell me about the Ravens? So Ravens are still dealing with all these running back injuries and Tyson <laughs> Williams has kind of started to become the, you know, like, all right, it's the, he's the guy you're going to play out of that backfield. But I, I get worried the more time the Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell's in the practice squad, 
every week that they're still on the roster, it's danger for Tyson Williams' uh, share of touches, I guess. So if you want to try and play him, he's playing the Lions. It should be a good matchup for him. You want to throw him yep. out there as like a RB2 flex kind of guy, you could do that. But just expect the end to be near. It's not that he's bad. It's just that they got a stable of running backs that they want to use. Obviously, Lamar Jackson he had the big rushing game last week. He had a couple touchdown throws, too. He's a locked-in QB1. Don't really got to worry about that. He's the guy that gets the most rushing yards back there anyway, uh, especially with all these running back injuries even more so. Um, Marquise Brown, he came off of a, he came off of a pretty nice game. Six catches for 113 and a touchdown the previous week. Caught all six targets for 69 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, going back to the last season, he's been on a streak. Got to remember, this guy's a former first-round pick. Uh, you know, they, they drafted him to be this guy in the offense. It was just kind of maybe a, uh, a little more of a late bloomer. You know, when a first-round pick comes out, you want him to be uh, relevant probably by year two. Uh, you know, and he kind of did that towards the end of year two. He's also been banged up for part of his career, so could give him a pass. Um, Sammy Watkins, I think that you can keep trotting him out there maybe as a low-end flex. He's playing a lot of the snaps, 82%, 92%. He's gone back to back games catching four passes, but one for 96, one for 44. Still waiting on that touchdown, too. He's not the highest of upside, but they got to have some guys to throw to. And for whatever reason, Mark Andrews is not getting a whole lot of volume. Like, he's okay for a tight end, five targets, you know, caught all five of them for 57. But he's not going to catch all five of his targets every game. He had five targets the previous game, went three for 20. Maybe better days are ahead. I've. Maybe better days are ahead, but for some reason, my gut was just telling me to shy away from him this year. And two games in, I'm glad that it's right. I do think that at some point that's going to change. You know, he'll have to get more involved than he is now. But uh, so far, he's not off to the best start. Yeah, um, he wasn't necessarily one of my fades, but TJ Hawkinson was getting drafted around the same round as him. And that was an easy slam dunk for me. TJ Hawkinson's an auto start this week for the Lions. Um, The next person, the pass catcher for the Lions I want to talk about is Quintus Cephas. Pause this podcast and go pick him up. He's currently one of the lead receivers for the Lions. We all like Amon Ross St. Brown, and we like all these other no-name pass catchers. But Quintus Cephas is a guy who was a rookie last year. He knows this offense. And Jared Goff has been targeted him quite quite a bit. But to Cephas, he's just one of those bigger receivers, and that's what Jared Jared Goff locked on to in L.A. was Cooper Cup. And Quintus Cephas profiles as one of the one of these bigger wide receivers. He's not no deep threat guy. He's not going to be burning anybody. He's not going to be no DeAndre Hopkins saving your season. He's just going to be a really good wide receiver three if he's on your waiver wires right now. So. Um, Anyways, um, DeAndre Swift, he's an auto start. He's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Detroit's going to be losing this game, obviously. Um, He's still a little banged up. Something to keep an eye on. He's still a little banged up. He was limited today's practice with a groin injury, but seems like the kind of guy that will probably play through most of these minor injuries. Yep, but still, he's an auto start just with the PPR upside. Catch passes out of the backfield. Same thing with Jamal Williams, but he profiles more as a weak flex running back. Um, I kind of rank him along hand in hand with the Baltimore running backs, you know, just gets touches and he does well with them, but it's not enough to get us excited. So, but if you have them, you're going to flex them this week. If you don't have any other better options 
And uh, if you can actually trade for some of these guys on the low, we're getting ready to enter bye weeks. Yeah, very true. Um, I want to just go back to Quintus Cephas for a minute because he had six targets last game, had seven targets this this past game, played 89% of the snaps, probably had to do with Tyrell Williams being injured. Um, I don't know if I'm playing him as a wide receiver three. I don't really like any of these receivers other than Hawkinson. Someone's got to catch passes, so he's the one that's most likely. Um, But let's bring that back to the only player we haven't really talked about that's fantasy relevant with Jared Goff. He's coming off of a couple of, you know, big games. He threw the through those two intercept or that the interception last week and fumbled a couple of times. Are you? How do you feel about him right now? Still kind of QB two more than Be, QB one. Yeah, because of game script, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. He has pass catchers where he can dump it off, so that could keep his turnovers in like a little bit more into check. You know, hey, dump it off the Swift, or you got Hawkinson out in the over the middle of the field. Um, so I think that's going to help him out as far as like the turnover category. Maybe that's something they focus on a little bit more. But I do like Jared Goff going forward this season. Did you watch that game? I mean, that guy had so much time in the pocket behind that offensive line. I I, I don't I don't the, think Jared Goff is a league winner, but I think he is a usable fantasy quarterback this year. He's doing better than what I expected. Um, Panay Sewell is certainly helping. They're going to eventually get Taylor. That guy Decker hasn't back. allowed a sack since high school, I think. Something like that. He missed. He did miss that year with COVID last year. He well, opted he is out. Nineteen but... too. Yeah, he's <laughs> still 19, might be 20 now, but he's, yeah, he's, he, I think he's the youngest player in the league. He's, uh, the Bengals he's, messed up. yeah, he's playing good at left tackle. The, the Bengals still got Jamar Chase, so we'll get to, uh, we'll get to him uh, towards the end of this podcast, but I, I, I don't know. You got a cornerstone left tackle like that. It's hard to pass up. He could be a, there was a couple of prospects that came out in this year's draft that, we're like, is he a gold jacket kind of guy is what they say. is like, you know, how, what's this guy's potential? And a lot of people thought he's a potential Hall of Famer. Now, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's 20 years old. He played two games. But when those kind of prospects come out, you don't want to pass them up. And Jamar Chase, maybe the Bengals felt the same way about him too. But uh, Panay Sewell off to a good start for the Lions. And and keeping Jared Goff upright has helped. He's Goff is... is at minimum, a QB2, and he might be QB1 this year, depending on how things shake out. Yeah, I like the low end QB1, high end QB2. Mm-hmm. So. We have uh, the Cardinals and Jaguars next, and why don't you tell us how you feel about Kyler Murray coming off of that big game? He's really, really, really good at football. He could throw the football really far and his receivers catch it, and then we all get fantasy points. And then when they <laughs> don't do that, he gets the football, and he says, look, Mom, it's a me team, and then he runs with it, and then we get more fantasy points. And he's Kyler coming Murray's off a of, stud, dude. He's a stud. He's, he's coming a quarterback off, one this year, period. Yeah, he's coming off of uh, you know first game of the season, four passing touchdowns, one rushing, and then this last game, three passing, one rushing. So he's uh, the top quarterback in fantasy right now. A lot of people felt like maybe he could take that torch from Mahomes because Mahomes doesn't have that rushing upside. Yep. Uh, Mahomes still throws – crazier than anybody else does so he'll still be in that conversation but Kyler Murray looking pretty good how do you feel about the backfield right now Chase Edmonds seems to be soaking it up more than James Conner yep you're starting Chase Edmonds he's more of a running back too um you're not excited about starting him every week but he's he's rock solid for you you know got a good matchup against Jaguars this week they don't have the best defense no but usually just in games like this where they're I feel like they're handouts 
I feel like the running backs never produce to how they should. You're like, oh, yeah, like Chase Edmonds is playing Jacksonville. He's going to run for 10 carries for 15,000 yards and 100 touchdowns. In reality, he gets like 12 carries, 60 yards, and has a touchdown. He has a good efficient day, but he doesn't have a good fantasy day. I can see something along the lines of that, especially if this game gets out of hand and they start resting the starters. I mean, Arizona is a high-tempo offense, and Jacksonville is not good at football. How do you how do you feel about James Conner? Is he usable? No, he's like a flex, I guess, but maybe he gets some goal line carries. But I'm 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 not interested in James Conner. Not I think, at all. I think I'm only playing him because of the matchup. I'm not even saying I'm playing him. The only reason why I might play him is because of the matchup. You know, I, I expect Arizona to score plenty, but Kyler Murray steals those touchdowns at the goal line too. So, um, he's a low flex for me. How about yep. the receivers? Rondell Moore coming off that big game. Rondell Moore is rosterable. I'm not ready to start him yet because that touchdown did come on a broken play. He only but played 46. He's been really good. He's been okay. really good for when he's been on the field. He's fourth in targets, I believe. He's fourth in everything. But when he is on the field, he is very efficient with what he does, and Kyler does look to him. I like Rondell Moore more than uh, Christian Kirk, more than A.J. Green. Don't roster those guys. It's a waste of a roster spot. It's Rondo Moore and DeAndre Hopkins, and that is it for the pass catchers. You don't think Christian Kirk is worth watching? I roster? want zero shares of Christian Kirk. You, If you have him, get him off your roster, trade him. He is way too inconsistent. There's way too many pass catchers on this team. Eventually, Kyler Murray is going to prove he's human and turn the ball over. And in games like that, with an inconsistent pass catcher, if you're using him as a wide receiver three, you are going to be screwed. I want nothing to do with Christian Kirk. Man, that's a hot take as far as I'm concerned. I think Kirk is worth a flex play, and he's certainly rosterable for sure. Um, he's I'd probably more him, receiver. Man. He's more receiver four than anything until we see a little bit more. But, you know, Rondell Moore only played 46% of the snaps. I think he's worth hanging on to as well. They run a lot of three and four receiver sets. I think we've talked about this before too. AJ Green's the one that I don't really care for. I know he uh, – scored the touchdown this last week he's playing a lot of snaps but i just get the sense that the kirk will eventually start playing more snaps over green and more kind of has a little role to himself so i'm i'm still i'm still fine with christian kirk we do need to talk about max williams who maybe he's a flash in the pan right yeah, he didn't do anything in week one. Had one target, didn't catch anything. And then week two, he catches all seven targets for 94 yards. In a shallow tight end class like it's been the last couple of years, is he worth picking up this week? Yeah, he's rosterable and streamable in this matchup. Kyler Murray's going to throw for a lot of yards. And, you know, you definitely want a piece of that offense. That's why everyone's resorting to these Christian Kirks, Rondales, Hopkins. And I just want to put some clarity on there. So, but yeah, yeah. Max Williams says if you're streaming the tight end position, he is an option this week. Yep. Um, you know, I got to say that I don't know how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. They're throwing the ball plenty and they're giving him opportunities. He had a tough matchup last week against Denver. Um, you know, he had the touchdown pass, but he threw two picks. Um, he only threw for 118 yards. That's concerning. I don't think I had someone ask me if he was worth dropping in just, you know, season long leagues. And I said, no, no, I think you need to hang on to him. He had a tough matchup. Um, definitely not starting him. You know, I think he's a QB two that you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that he gets better as the season goes along. They do like to throw the ball there plenty. So Marvin Jones, he's been, uh, that number one receiver there, even though he's Trevor Lawrence like had the bad. Cooks. Yeah. He's had 
Trevor Lawrence had a bad day, but Marvin Jones still found a way to get 11 targets, catch six of them for 55 and a touchdown. Um, and the week before, he he did even better. He did about the same, you know, five for 77 and a touchdown on nine targets. So through two weeks, it's clear that this is the number one guy. I think that DJ Chark is the one that's concerning me. He's playing a lot of snaps. Game one got 12 targets, only caught three of them. And he did the most with it with 86 and a touchdown. But week two... Plays 80% of the snaps, four targets, only catches one of them for 19 yards. Kind of feels like he got drafted to be a receiver two or three. And I am probably playing him as a desperation third receiver. I feel more comfortable with him in my flex spot. I think that better days are ahead probably, but I don't like it. Um, Chenault is playing you know, pretty consistent snaps too. Last week did awful, you know, seven targets, catches two of them for negative three yards and he got a little banged up. So he was not good the week before though, played a little bit better because he's, I get the sense that he's going to be one of those guys that they, I like to use that phrase, funnel the ball to. He's good with the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. So I would play him probably same spot. I'm playing DJ Chark, like that flex spot. You just kind of can't have the you know highest expectations. Other than that, backfield with James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. Robinson got um, better usage, I guess, but still not where we want to see. I think you still plug him in as a hopeful RB2. Carlos Hyde isn't stealing that much from him. You know, He only played 25% of the snaps last week uh, where Robinson played 73. So keep plugging in Robinson. Hyde, he's someone I prefer to leave on the waiver wire, but because they don't have any other second running back, you can maybe stash him if you think something's going to happen to Robinson, but otherwise I don't really, I don't really want Hyde. I am so happy we chose for you to talk about Jacksonville because I literally wrote two words for my Jacksonville notes, and that was Marvin and Jones. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad you were able to elaborate here in a little bit. So, yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and jump over to our next game, which is probably going to be one of the better games this week the Chargers and the Chiefs. Casey, Divisional my game. Heart Yes, my heart is hurting right now. I spent two years or two years ago, or is it last year? Last year's last summer, I had the first first overall pick in our rookie draft, and I ended up with Clyde Edwards Alaire. I am absolutely devastated over his usage this year. What's going on, man? Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's a focal point of the offense. He's like number three or four in the totem pole. Like obviously Kelsey and Tyree Kill get the most usage so he's probably behind them but because they throw so much it's like he can only get so many targets you know um and and the offense is just vertical i think that's more than anything it's just it's not like an offense that likes to beat you down with the run game and then you know take their shots they can take their shots from the opening snap they've got mahomes and tyree kill and kelsey so they don't have to like grease up their offense by running the ball and you know establishing the run and then uh, you know, getting the linebackers to come up a little bit, safety start creeping up, you know, they don't have to do that ever. So it's just become abundantly clear that Edwards Hilaire is not going to be the running back that we thought he was going to be for fantasy purposes. He will have better games. You're going to still play him as your, uh, I mean, I got him uh, as a low end running back too, just because yeah, there's really yeah. no other running backs getting a lot of touches. I mean, we've seen Williams vulture that goal line touchdown from him, but I mean, other than that, I mean, what did he have? One, two carries that whole game? 
Yeah, so that's probably right about where you're spotting him. Late RB2, you know, RB3 flex territory. Um, I think he'll settle into being a low-end RB2, but that's not what we expected when he's a high first-round pick in Dynasty Leagues, you know. So you just got to have to understand that you still have something for the guy. It's just ain't going to be what you thought it was going to be. So stick with it because, like you said, they got no one else in that backfield. Um, There's really not a lot else to say that, you know, we haven't said about Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. So it really just kind of comes down to, you know, how do you feel about, like McCall Hardman, 78% of snaps, eight targets, five catches for 55 yards. Um, they still have Demarcus Robinson, who they get involved. He's playing week one, 74%. Week two, 59%. Caught the touchdown last week. Maybe they take turns all season long doing that. I'm still, I still have hope for Hardman. You know, I think that he might be just a late blooming second round pick. Still only like 23, maybe 24 now. Um, keep him stashed. You're not playing him, but keep him stashed. Maybe, maybe throw him in as a flex. But so that's, treat that's him how we're going to treat Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> yeah, gonna, just but just without the, the all offense, the just, just not getting used. Yeah, just without the disappointment, I guess. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about the Chargers. Let's go ahead and talk about Austin Eckler because Austin Eckler is everything we want Clyde to be. Um, honestly, that's the only reason why I want to talk about Austin Eckler is because that's who we want Clyde to be. Um, he's back to his regular workload, though. We've seen him uh, get a lot of receptions last week. So, yeah, he I'm going to start him no this week targets, in the shootout. He went from no targets in week one, which is weird for Eckler, right? Because he's passing down back. Well, he was nursing that injury, too, coming back. Exactly. So I, think that's, I, I think that's what it was. Yep. So, so week, seeing this workload, two, that's great to see that. Yeah. This is all signs pointing forward for Eckler. Caught, caught all nine targets. That's very good to see. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, these guys are auto starts every week moving forward. Uh, Jill Lombardi wants to use Mike Williams like Michael Thomas. And so far we've seen it with 22 targets the first two weeks. That makes Justin Herbert an auto start this week as well. If I want to start these two receivers. And Keenan Allen's got 21 targets back to back hundred yard games. So that's almost 22 targets. <laughs> You're taking my joke now, bro. Um, okay, You were taking my Naheem, my Naheem Hines take last week. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mike Williams is a very uh, off to a great start. We, you could take him as a wide receiver. I take him four. as a wide receiver two this week. No, I'm saying he was a wide receiver four oh, in okay. drafts. I feel like, yeah, he was kind oh. of forgotten. Everyone kind of just was over him. He's been injured a lot. I get it, but it just looked like on paper with the coaching staff, Herbert having a great rookie season, and they don't really, you know, he's not really competing with anybody else other than Keenan Allen. And you know, they give him the ball a lot, and there's still targets to go around. Williams is a former top ten pick. Just, I think if he wasn't injured, we would, he would have been talked about a lot more by now but yeah he's um, had yeah. a double digit touchdown season and he's had a season with over a thousand yards so he's definitely shined before it just happens he needed justin herbert to put it together back-to-back weeks as a wide receiver one i'm not playing him as a wide receiver one that's where Keenan allen is but mike williams wide receiver locked in wide receiver two like yep. locked in and up yep. with upside for more obviously yep this game is going to be a Really good game to watch. If you live on the California coast, it is going to be a really good morning for football. Do you care about Jared Cook? Is he worth anything? Who? Jared Cook. Jared Cooked? Yeah, he's cooked. That's probably the best way to say it. Um, I guess just to wrap up, to go back to Herbert, what do you – QB1 this week? Absolutely locked in. Yep, between those two receivers and Eckler. I, I agree. 
All right, so we got the Saints and the Patriots. And, Red, I know you want to talk about Mac Daddy Jones, <laughs> so why don't you start? Um, I actually heard a, um, a buy-sell uh, bit today on some of the podcasts, and they had Mac Jones as a sell. So um, the offense, they never really zone in on just one wide receiver. They just kind of throw it to the open man. And even when Brady was there, it was just kind of run the ball, efficient football. There's really no anything fantasy worthy that really got us excited. I mean, we all wanted the Gronk effect. We all wanted the Randy Moss. But since those guys left, did we ever really get that from the Patriots? No, we, we really haven't. So to me, I Mac Jones, I like as a maybe a low end quarterback one or a quarterback two. I mean, I just haven't seen he's thrown one touchdown this year. He's throwing one touchdown. Yeah, I'm not. I'm There's not, not enough to get me excited. The receivers don't get me excited. The tight ends are banged up. Um, I know I heard the joke about um, George Kittle being on a milk carton because he's gone missing. I think the same thing with John o. Smith. So, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just the running backs in this game. Mac Jones, yeah, he's a great talent. Yeah, he come from Alabama. Yeah, the pedigree's there. The draft pedigree's there. But I'm not ready to start him in fantasy football. Yeah, um, Dynasty Leagues, I think what we've seen, it's not like statistically encouraging, but just he's passing the eye test. He's doing good. He'll get better, obviously. So keep him stashed, obviously, but don't start him. Not anytime soon. Not until we start seeing him make plays versus just running the offense. Yep. James White is also a guy that I like in this matchup. I didn't mention him. Uh, we know Damian Harris, he, we can start him every week as a running back, too. He's more touchdown dependent because he does not get receptions. James White is the running back that gets receptions. And now that they got Mac Jones in at quarterback, they can run the offense that they ran when Brady was there. Just dump it off to James White. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All righty. But, yeah, no, that pretty much – the Patriots are pretty easy to talk about. Um, you don't like any of the receivers or you – know, no receivers or tight ends? That uh, you could sit here and take your stab at Jacoby Myers. You could take your jab at Nelson Aguilar. Uh, but they're just more – you remember Willie Sneed? He was mm-hmm. always good for, like, five catches, 50 yards. He's with, the, he's with the Raiders now, I think. Oh, is he? I thought yeah. he, like, fell off the cliff or so. He fell off the fantasy cliff. But my, my dad really liked Willie Sneed for a while, and – now I just feel like that's what Jacoby Myers and um, Nelson Aguilar are. They just kind of fill that role. I mean, they're not going to get hyper-targeted. They're just going to throw to the open man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't want And the tight ends, the just, tight ends too? Uh, same thing with the tight ends, but the fact that there's two of them, one's banged up, the other one's just been missing. So, add the tight ends. You can take your stab at them because the tight end pool is pretty shallow. So, I mean, but for the most part, you're, you're going to be banking on the Saints scoring points, and they got shut out last week. Or not shut out, but they didn't score points last week. They got blown yeah. out is what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Going over to the Saints, um, Jameis Winston goes from having the big game to the, the bad game. So they're playing New England. Typically, they're good on defense. They also have the Giants in Washington coming up the next few weeks who also tend to have good defenses. So, um I, I wonder how much more of Jameis Winston we're going to see if he struggles again. They they could totally go to Taysom Hill. I think they kind of wanted him to win the job. Winston just looked a little too good to to not play him. But if he keeps playing like he did last week, you know, I think his leash is going to be short. I'm probably avoiding him this week. Maybe you could throw him out there as a QB two 
but I don't think he has the highest of upside. I would probably not play him um, or really any of the receivers for that matter. I'm still holding Marquez Callaway, just hoping that that big summer is going to pay off. But so far, it's not looking good. And there's just nobody else here that sticks out to me. Deontay Harris hasn't done much. The tight ends haven't done much. Jawan Johnson had that big game. but Jawan Johnson is rosterable. The tight end pool is really shallow. Uh, don't mean to cut you off, but Jawan Johnson has ran more routes than Adam Troutman has. Yeah, so, you know, he seems to be the tight end to own. I don't know. We heard a lot of good things about Troutman. It's just kind of reminding me a couple of years ago. Troutman. I paid a first-round pick in Dynasty for Troutman. Eek, yeah, that's not – I mean, maybe that balances out later, but that's that doesn't look good right now. Yeah, when they, they talked him up, and it reminds me of a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember Josh Hill. Yep. Was their second tight end or third tight end at the time, and it was right after they traded – was it after they got rid of Jimmy Graham or something like that? I can't recall specifically. Maybe it was after Jared Cook left. But they just kept talking him up, talking him up, and then he just didn't do anything. And it's starting to look like Troutman's down that same path. Same coaching staff is there. And, you know, maybe they've lost some assistants and stuff like that. You know, Joe Lombardi's there. We see there in, uh, in uh, L.A. for the Chargers now. But, yeah, the tight end spot, not looking good right now. I would just stick to Kamara this week and ignore pretty much everybody else on this Saints offense. Sweet. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons and the New York football Giants. You starting Daniel Jones this week? I will start him because they have a good matchup this week. I actually recommended to someone, uh, my friend, who needs a second quarterback in a single quarterback league, but he lost Tua to injury. And I said, you might want to scoop up. I said, don't drop Tua, but you might want to scoop up Daniel Jones if you can. Um, because you just don't know Tua fractured his ribs. So he's out for this week and maybe longer. Um, and if you get stuck without a quarterback in one quarterback league, you can typically stream them. But Daniel Jones is one of those guys that he's got that rushing floor. So that I don't think he'll have as big of a rushing game like he did last week, you know, nine carries 95 yards and a touchdown, but the week before he only ran for 27 and still ran for a touchdown. He hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. So um, I think he's, he's, worth the play against this Atlanta defense. And I think this might be a good game for Saquon Barkley to get back on track too. Um, he's had a slow start to the year, but I think we all still are keeping the faith. He's just coming off that ACL and they're, they're being careful with them. Sterling Shepard plugging him in no matter what I, he, you know, come off the week one where he had 113 yards and a touchdown week two, he gets 10 more targets, catches nine of them for 94 yards. He's a wide receiver two. Yep. Um, probably could have drafted him as a wide receiver six or something like that. Wide receiver 12. He was way behind Galladay and uh, yep. uh, very much slept on and underappreciated this year. Yeah. And, and I know. was guilty of doing that too. Yeah. I, I mean, Hey, I'm playing, I'm playing Shepard while he's hot and going back to last year too. He was on a nice little streak too. So I'll, I'll keep playing him. Evan Ingram still has not played yet. He's so injury prone that I don't, Oh, I can't remember. I think he returned to practice, but he's limited. Um, the matchup is there, but he hasn't played yet, and he's coming off an injury. I bet he plays like a quarter to a third of the snaps. Probably not the week for him. Uh, Galladay, going back to the receivers, forgot to mention that. He popped up with a hip injury today. He's playing a lot. He guys getting plenty of targets. He's just not making the most of them. <sighs> Throw him out there as a flex, I think. You probably drafted him as a little higher than that. Throw him out there as a flex. Um, 
I saw a couple teams in fantasy pick up Darius Slayton this week, and I think they're just chasing the touchdown. I don't really care for him too much. I don't know. I definitely maybe you can stash him, but definitely not worth the play. He Darius Slayton just got picked up in our Battle of the Sexes League. Um, it's a league with my wife, my mom, dad, and obviously it's a male female league. But anyways, um, yeah, Slayton was picked up this morning, and uh, Sterling Shepard actually was. It's a more shallow league. Like you only start eight players, I think. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. So, but yeah, no, Kenny Galladay, I actually got him as a bench this week. He had a good matchup last week with an outside corner, a rookie outside corner, and he didn't do diddly squat with it. So uh, Kenny Galladay is getting ready to enter that Christian Kirk conversation with me. It's not that bad, but I just wanted to make the joke. Yeah. Uh, all right. But uh, wow. moving on to the Falcons though, um, Matt Ryan, uh, you can probably stream him in this matchup. Um, Giants look good on paper. You know, their offense does look good on paper. Uh, moving back to Saquon real quick. He did play 81, 81% of the snaps. So they are starting to ramp up a little bit. They get Saquon going. Um, Falcons give up points to the running back left and right. So um, I, I think the Falcons are going to fall behind. Matt Ryan's going to be throwing. Uh, it's going to make Calvin Ridley an auto start. It's going to make Kyle Pitts an auto start. Hopefully he falls into the end zone. Uh, Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson. Poor Daryl Patterson, excuse me. Um, this running back situation, I think, is getting ready to turn into a committee. Um, I know every, I know they signed Wayne Gallman, and everyone was like, "Fire up!" If you guys listened to me before, like Mike Davis, he fell apart toward the end of the year last year, and we've seen Cordero, Cordero Patterson take two touchdowns last week, and I think he's rosterable. I think he's rosterable. I don't think he's a threat to the early down and every down touches to Mike Davis, but I think they're going to utilize Cordero Patterson as this, like what I called out LaVisca Chanel to do when Travis Etienne went out, he's going to get these sweeps. He's going to get some goal line touches. He's going to get some receptions. He's just going to be a little bit of do everything, but I don't think he's going to do enough this week just to start for you. He's definitely rosterable though. I think he's been one of the better waiver wire pickups so yes. far in the early season. I'm assuming that he was on the waiver wire for most, he's just a uh, weapon. most leagues. He's yeah. He's not, I, I would say don't get too excited he, about it he, because you got to remember this guy's a former first round pick and he's 30. Okay. I don't think he's breaking out at this point, but <laughs> the 30 year uh, breakout baby. Right. If you get points for kick return yards and stuff too, this is just another reason to, to, to roster him. I think he's more than rosterable. I think you can play him as, I feel like he's a mid flex. I'm I, Darryl Patterson or Kenny Galladay. Patterson. Yeah, I drink to that cup of coffee too. Yeah, I think I like Patterson more. Mike Davis, we are not seeing enough. Well, I don't know. He had nine carries and then had seven targets last week, but didn't do anything. He got caught all seven targets for 25 yards. So the point He's per catch is good. Yeah, point per catch is good, but he's not really doing a whole lot with it. Now, the week before he had 15 carries. He didn't do much with that either, 49 rush yards. Um, and Don't they I play don't Tampa Bay twice this year too? Yeah, well, they're in the same division, so yeah. All right, gonna... yeah, I'm out on that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, he had, they already played him once. That was the oh, past okay. week. Well, well, so they got to play him one more time. Then. Yeah, they got to they gotta play him one more time in week 13. Um, I think he's you're not dropping him, but I don't feel good about Mike Davis right now. See if you can trade him. He's getting the usage. Use that to your advantage. Yeah. Um, just a quick note. This is more like a just something to keep your eye on. The Falcons worked out John Brown the other day. He's one of the better free agents available. 
um, which suggests that they want to add to their receiving core. Um, they're not happy with Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus. I yep. hope I'm saying that right. Um, you got the Zacchaeus part right, and that's all we care about. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I think Gage is the one that is playing a little bit more, if I'm looking at things right. But even he's not – He's not. maybe he's like the very last guy in your roster. But um, if they say John Brown, then Gage and Zacchaeus are probably out of fantasy relevance. Uh, next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I am curious to see how you feel about Najee Harris right now, and he's you know, he's off to a slow start. Before the season started, me and you had a little conversation, and I said I liked Javante Williams with Denver over Najee Harris as far as a talent overall standpoint. Um, I was concerned about Najee Harris because of the O-line with the Steelers, and that has definitely been the problem this year is that O-line is awful. I mean, you got a running back. I mean, I'm not saying Najee Harris is bad at football when I say I like Javonta Williams better. Not, Najee Harris is an awesome talent, and I would be stoked. Like, if Dalvin Cook moved on and Minnesota somehow ended up with Najee, I'd be ecstatic. So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying when I talk bad about this O-line and stuff. But this Bengals defense, too, has actually been good against the run this year. Um, I think Najee is going to be reception and touchdown dependent this week for him to put up high end running back two numbers for you. Yeah. That's what he did last week. Caught all five of his targets during a touchdown when he couldn't get much going on the ground. So um, I still like him. I think he's still got RB one in him, but we're just waiting for his breakout game. Yep. And just a note for Najee Harris, uh, the Bengals kept Dalvin cook in check. So we'll see what happens. Right. Um, how are you feeling about uh, Deontay Johnson? He's actually a little bit banged up. Yeah, um, they thought it was like a really big knee injury when it happened. It was last play of the game from what I heard, because remember, I didn't watch any football. But <laughs> um, I'm acting as if he's going to miss this week. I know he's questionable. Even if he does play, it's most likely going to be in a limited role. So when players usually play in a limited role, they're usually maybe used as a decoy or things like this. So uh, for the most part, I'm going to be out on Deontay Johnson this week. I mean, it's hard to do that, especially with all the targets that he's been getting. I know he has his drop issue, but he has dropped zero passes this year. Um, I like Deontay Johnson a lot, but just not this week. I feel like Juju's the safe start just because he's this uh, slot guy. He's going to get these little dump-off passes. Big Ben does not look good. Um, there's a slight chance that Dwayne Haskins plays this week because Big Ben, what he hurt his pec, pec muscle or something along the lines of that. And then uh, there's Chase Claypool. Think- he's... I think Mason Rudolph, just to clarify, I think Mason Rudolph would be the next guy up, not uh, Dwayne Haskins. I heard today Dwayne Haskins won the backup job. Uh, it doesn't matter. They both suck. So Yeah, I, I, would, yeah, I wouldn't play either one of them if they were going. Okay, it would be... Hypothetically, ben, Big Ben is out this week. Either Haskins or who was the other? Mason Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. One of those two is labeled as a starter. Are you even interested in any of these guys in single quarterback leagues? No, not okay. at all. Okay. Not so even, not matter. even in, not even in super flex two QB leagues. Got no interest so in either of them. So if Big Ben is out, are we downgraded all the wide receivers to a bench? Because right now Probably. I got Juju and Maple as like it, usable wide receiver threes. The only one that I would play if he's healthy is Deontay Johnson. If He's out, and it's another quarterback. I'm not playing anybody. I want to play Claypool. I like his real-life talent, but as you mentioned earlier, and and I've mentioned a couple times, I feel like on 
this season's podcast. Ben's arm is shot, man. That guy just he can't he cannot drive the ball like he used to. So uh, that's kind of what Claypool is dependent on. I'm not saying that Ben won't take his shots, but they're more methodical versus just him being an athletic talent of saying "fuck it, I'm going to do this." Yep. So um, that's concerning. Um, on the Bengals side, uh, we have Joe Burrow, who is playing more QB2 than QB1, but the temps are kind of there. He did throw three interceptions last week. That was not good, but again, they're playing Chicago's defense, one of the better ones. Pittsburgh defense is also one of the better ones, so you're probably benching him this week. The following week, he plays Jacksonville, so he'll have a, hopefully a rebound opportunity if he doesn't play well this, this week. Um and the Bengals' offensive line is actually surprisingly held up, kind of like Detroit's has so far. So um, I think that's good for – I mean, it's obviously good for everyone in this offense. Joe Mixon still continues to uh, be a workhorse back, had t- 21 touches last week. He didn't have the biggest fantasy game, but um, I-, I think he's a plug-and-play RB1. He's getting too he's much volume in. locked in. I don't want anything to do with the running backs behind him. But – T. Higgins, he's going to be the most consistent receiver probably. He had six catches for 60 and a touchdown, caught a touchdown last week. He actually had really similar stats um, this week that he did last week, other than that he had twice as many targets. Jamar Chase, uh, he had the touchdown, so that saved his day. Um, he still played 93% of the snaps, so I will continue to throw him out there. He's probably a high-end wide receiver three to mid wide receiver two if he has a good week, but he does have a bad matchup. So I don't know if he'll, he'll reach that Tyler Boyd actually kind of got on the map again. I know that we were concerned with him, but he played 87% of the snaps, nine targets, seven catches, 73 yards. So I definitely feel a lot better about him in general, but probably I'm steering clear this week just because of the matchup. Yeah. And these tight ends aren't, aren't worth anything. So you can disregard them. Yeah, um, just uh, real quick, up. real quick. Go I just, ahead. I guess, a random thought. As I'm really disappointed that Drew Sample, their second round tight end oh, out of man. a couple years ago, I, w- I really thought he would turn into something, and he hasn't done anything. I remember like, you were big on him because um, in the dynasty league that I run, it's a tight end premium. I remember you traded me Travis Kelsey for two first round picks, and Drew Sample had to be part of that deal. I remember that. Yeah, I, I really wanted him to come on, but you know, CJ Uzuma is playing seventy-four percent of snaps week one, then seventy-three week two, and then Sample is over here playing fifty-one and thirty-eight, not getting even a target. That just random thought. I know that he's not on anybody's radar, but I'm just... well, just a random thought and a player that we kind of forgot about who is a tight end and whose playing percentages are going up is Pat Fryermuth with the uh, Steelers. Yeah. So yeah. if it's like we said, the tight end pool is a little shallow. So run to your waiver wires and go go roster them before this goes up and uh, before his roster percentage goes up. Because like you said, Casey, if Roethlisberger's arm is shot, he's going to result more to the dump offs and short, that's short where the tight ends game. are. Yep. Everything within short 15 yards. Yep. yep. Yeah, he's already playing more snaps than Eric Ebron is. They're almost splitting snaps with uh, Pat Freermuth getting the better half of 50%. But. The fact that he's doing that is, is a rookie yeah. tight end too. The, the fact that he's doing it the first two weeks of the season, though, for the Steelers, um, speaks volumes to me. So I think definitely think he's he's a great pick in dynasty or a great hold in dynasty. I'm not playing him um, in standard leagues, redraft leagues. Um, yeah, Roster he's pool. worth a stash. He's a he's worth a stash. Yep. All right. Well, we got one more game. Yeah, we got yeah, one more game to talk one. about. 
man, I kept looking over thinking, okay, this is our last game. Okay, this is our last game. I kept scrolling. I was like, okay, we got another one. All right, cool. All right, cool. But we got another division game. The Colts and the Titans. Colts and the Titans. Uh, let's talk about the Colts because the Colts don't have a lot of fantasy-worthy players this week. Um, Carson well, I Wentz. think the first thing, yeah, is talk about Carson Wentz spraining both of his ankles on the same play against Aaron Donald. <laughs> I am done with him. Just done. I mean, you have the bone removed from your foot. Then you come back to practice. Well, they didn't re- remove a bone, right? Like they, they fixed the bone in his foot. <laughs> I thought they removed it. Well, either way, he had a foot surgery. Yeah. And then he gets COVID. All right. You good now, man? Like, you sure you're good? Yeah, I got, I'm good, coach. Like, I got this. And then now he's got the double foot injury. Like, this guy is just the definition of bad luck. You guys ever watch Hey Arnold growing up and you see that unlucky kid, Eugene, with the red hair? That's Carson oh, yeah. Wentz. That is 100% Carson Wentz, I feel like. I'm just done with him. I am. He's When he plays, yes, he puts up top 12 quarterback numbers. But you just have this constant headache of just, is he going to play? And that's the question. He says he's going to try and play through this this week. Um, he's not a mobile quarterback. So he's just going to kind of stand there. I, this is going to kind of shoot JT for me. The only wide receiver you can start for this team is Michael Pittman Jr. So well, gotta, gotta, let's give some props to Zach Pascal, though. He's got three touchdowns in two weeks. He's playing 91% of the snaps in week one and week two. He's not having the big yardage totals, but the touchdowns are there. I'm You've not been playing that Zach Pascal bell pretty hard. So you know what? Yeah, I'll stand corrected on that. If Jacob Beeson plays, I'm probably not playing Pascal. I probably might even be avoiding Pittman. I don't like to do that. He's uh, He's one of my favorite young receivers in the league, especially coming off that big game. But Jacob Beeson does not look good. His first throw, I know you said you didn't see the games. They played the Rams this last week, so I'm a Rams no, fan, obviously. No, Rams I have my eye on that. His first throw against the Rams, he threw a game, basically a game-sealing interception to Jalen Ramsey. His first throw of the game. So, it's like... I won the I, game, Coach! I won the game! Yeah, yeah. you did, for the Rams. For the, uh, yeah, for the other team. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, the tight ends aren't worth... I think mentioning here, Paris Campbell, unfortunately, I know he's a guy you like. Um, he's been injured and just off the radar. I think that maybe he's still a stash in dynasty leagues, but that flame is going out slowly. I have a question about Jonathan Taylor, and this is mm-hmm. an interesting and concerning stat that was brought up to me today or that I heard today on a podcast is he leads the NFL in, inside the 20, which is your red zone area, right? Doesn't have a single touchdown. Zero touchdowns. Zero. Week one, week one, he played fifty-five percent of snaps. Week two, he played forty-five. I think this is more of a split with Naheem Hines than people realize. And I'm not saying that JT's still not in for a good season, but he's kind of like that Nick Chubb, where Naheem Hines is Kareem Hunt, where Taylor's upside is capped because he doesn't get as much passing down work. He still yeah. gets some. He still gets some. Week one, he had seven targets and caught six of them, but then he goes to getting one target the next week. I think that week two is probably closer to what his target total will be. It won't be one most games, but probably two to three. And Hines gets targeted quite a bit. They got We mentioned this too a couple weeks ago. We signed that extension. Hines did. So he doesn't get a lot of carries. He now He's coming off of a bad game himself. Two targets, one catch. But we know that that's not the norm for him. The week before, he had eight targets and caught six of them. Um yeah, I, I think that if 
Easton plays. I think I like Mike Hines. I like the playing Hines more than I like playing Taylor, if that makes sense. I'm not saying I like Hines more than Taylor, but I like Hines' value if Easton plays versus Taylor playing. Yeah, because Easton's going to be dumping off more. Yeah, I just don't see. I mean, Easton's got an arm. He could throw it downfield, but I just don't think the game plan, they're not going to just say, all right, go sling it, especially after yeah, throwing an interception on his first play of the game the, uh, last week. So, well, I guess he can't do any worse than what he did. I could throw a pick <laughs> at six. Least, at least his first, <laughs> hey, his first pass attempt in this week's game will not be a game-stealing interception. So he can only go up from here. That's true. That's true. Um, let's talk about the Titans. And um, I know this is easy. Yeah, it's it's basically Derrick Henry and everybody else. Um, yep. Jesus, man! Like, how many times have you ever seen a player with forty plus touches? It's week two, and Derrick Henry just got forty one. He had thirty five carries. Now this game went to the end of overtime, so um, he had some extra opportunities to get touches but i don't care man this usage is crazy scores uh three touchdowns to make up for the you know not so good week the week before he actually had six targets and caught all six of them for 55 yards it's pretty good that's probably gonna be one of his better receiving games of the year but uh locked in rb1 nothing to be concerned about he's he's the top standard play every week and ppr leagues in the top three every week yep um Tannehill, um, not off to the best start. Um, you know, he's only got one touchdown pass through two weeks. He does, does have a touchdown uh, run in week one. He's still an R, or excuse me, a QB2 for me. But the biggest thing is that he's draining A.J. Brown and Julio Jones's value. And, and there's really nobody I'm interested in in this passing game. So it's really just down to those two guys. And there's no other running back really worth rostering for Tennessee either. A.J. Brown was drafted to be a wide receiver one. He's getting the target share. He's got 17 targets to two weeks, but he's only caught seven of them. It's probably more on Tannehill than it is on Brown. The offensive line there hasn't exactly been the strongest to start the year. Julio Jones, you know, luckily had the big week two. He caught six for 128 on eight targets. Um, so you still want to play both of them. Colts kind of have a good defense. They're a little bit banged up. I think Xavier Rhodes has missed some time. We'll see if he comes back. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, I feel like are both wide receiver twos to me, like mid-wide receiver twos. And they certainly have the potential to bottom out if if Tannehill has a bad game. Yep, that's where I got them pegged as wide receiver twos. Um, but we both know AJ Brown and Julio Jones can break one loose at any point. Um, but the Titans are favorited our favorites in this game. So I do expect a lot of Derek Henry. So I do expect a game plan similar to last week. Yeah, I agree. Derek Henry is the guy to play. That's that's everything else is um, kind of up to Ryan Tannehill. If he's going to have a good day or not. All right. Well, that wraps up our Thursday night game and our morning games. We'll be back uh, tomorrow or Friday to wrap up the afternoon and Monday night game. Um, Red, any final thoughts before we head out? I am going to be able to watch football this weekend, and I am excited. I'm going to the coast on Friday. I'm going to spend the day up there with my wife because I have, since I've started this job, I've only had three days off that were scheduled to work. But uh, yeah, I'm getting out of town, and you may or may not hear me on the next episode's podcast. So if I'm absent, uh, just write me up for a sick day. All right, Casey? 
Yeah, sounds good. We've uh, don't write we've got me a couple up, other... Don't write me up. It's giving me a sick day. Sorry. We, we've got a couple other guys that we could potentially bring on. We've talked to we Bad News Josh. Guys. If you guys listened to us last year, yeah. Yeah, Bad News Josh, as you like to call him, brings all the injury updates to us. Uh, G Money. Uh, I feel like we might be hearing from him. We might be hearing from our brother Cannon. So one of these, uh, one of these guests will probably be present instead of Red. So I guess while you're on vacation, Red, this goes to everybody else too. Drink your milk, and we'll check you guys out next time. Peace out. Peace out.